Hello and welcome to another tale podcast. Today I am joined by Zafir. Uh, she is a beginning fursuit maker, an artist, and she does uh, graphic designing in the day. Hello, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. No problem. It's always wonderful to have guests on the show. Um, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, you you uh, introduced me pretty pretty nicely. I'm a, a novice fursuit maker, really, really new into that world, but I've been doing digital art uh, before that. And then again, I am a freelance illustrator and graphic designer by day. All right. So good to know. Um, so what is it that got you into the uh, the furry community? You know, the fursuits, the artwork, the community. Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to keep this one brief because that's it, it, it can get. It's uh, a loaded question. I know. It's a loaded question as always. Yes. Uh, I was always the the animal kid growing up. Uh, so, I mean, discovering furries was inevitable. Uh, I learned about it through Star Fox, actually. Uh, you know, I, I call it the gateway furry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, you know, I played it as a kid. I used to watch my dad play it. And uh, I don't know the exact time around, you know, that, that I learned what a furry was. Probably early 2000s uh, when I was in high school, but... Uh, learned about it, thought that was really cool. I wanted to get on it and make some characters and, uh, you know, kind of segued into that through Star Fox. Uh, I actually, uh, <laughs> I caught some flack uh, on forums from people telling me that uh, I, because I was only interested, you know, in the furry fandom through Star Fox that didn't actually make me a furry. So I decided, well, I guess I'm not a furry then. And, uh, actually was out of the fandom for many many years and uh, only recently i uh, was looking back on it i decided you know what screw it i, I want to be a furry so i got back into it uh old uh, college classmate of mine was a, a fursuit maker kind of got back into it through her and uh never looked back well that's pretty rude of people normally the furry community is a lot more accepting yeah. And you know, I, I always tell people, like, people always get, you know, sad when they hear that. I think, oh, man, that's that, you know, that's that that, that sucks that that happened to you. And I, I tell people I wasn't upset at the time. I really yeah. didn't think anything of it. But, uh, yeah, looking back on it, I think, yeah, I guess that was, you know, a bit of a jerk move. So during that time, did you mostly stay, like, in the Star Fox community then? Is that where you kind of were yeah, in limbo, mainly. so to speak? Yeah, you know, and then, you know... Moved on to other interests, you know, kind of came back and forth. Starbucks was always kind of the, the constant, okay. uh, but mainly that, yes. So what uh, what game did you start out with? You mentioned your dad watching that. Was that like the original 64? The uh, the, the Super Nintendo, the very first one oh, that came Super out. Oh, Super Nintendo, right. Yes. I always I, forget there was one before the 64. I, I know, people never remember that. I, I honestly didn't remember much of it either, and... Uh, yeah, we were talking talking to my dad about it recently, and he's like, "Yeah, we he used to watch me play it." Do you have a favorite out of the games? Oh, this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but uh, it's a toss up between Star Fox Adventures and Star Fox sixty four. Uh, a lot of people don't like Star Fox Adventures, and I completely understand. Uh, See, uh, I think it's, I think it's yeah, my favorite. So I, like, yeah, I, I think I like it for like all the wrong reasons i like the, the the nostalgic factor and the fact that it's just so different and uh kind of cheesy in its own way yeah it it is was so much more different than any of the other star fox games yes wildly but it was fun it kind of took like a zelda approach to it you know it really did and you know i, I think I, I was like 11 or 12 when i played that game and uh, it didn't really occur to me until I think a friend of mine was like, yeah, oh, you mean the, the Zelda with a Star Fox label on it? Thought, <laughs> oh, my, oh, my goodness. It, it is. It's a Zelda game. <laughs> oh, but I love Zelda, too, so maybe that's why I like it. Yeah. yeah. Overall, it's good. I, I mean, there hasn't really been a bad game either. I, yeah, I would agree with that. I I mean, I have some hard opinions on some later titles, but that's yeah. that's for another topic. Yeah, what was the one that came after Adventures? Assault. That one was Assault. okay. It was okay. Yeah. I think it was a step in the... I, I call it the apology letter. Yeah. <laughs> kind of going back to the roots and... Right. Why not? 
so what is it that makes you stay in the furry community? Uh, honestly, uh, as, as funny as this answer is going to be, uh, the community itself. Yep. Uh, All right. I know my, my, my first foray into it, uh, you know, got a, you know, caught, caught a little flack, but coming in recently, it's very welcoming and opening. And I've met so many amazing friends through it. It's just really opened my, my eyes and the, the, just the overwhelming support that you get from just being a furry is incredible. And that's something I yeah. definitely keep, keeps me coming back. All right, that that's really good to hear. Have you had a chance to do like any local fur meets or conventions or anything of the sort like that? I have been to two local fur meets here. I have not been to a convention yet. That is that that's the next milestone is to go okay. to a convention. TFF next year maybe. P- possibly uh, in the area I live in, they have a brand new one that just started up. Uh, I haven't. I think this is going to be its third one this year, so I'm going to try to go to that one oh. just because I, I, you know, it's it's in here, you know, in my area. I don't have to drive a couple hours out. Okay, that's always nice when there's one close by. Right. So you mentioned making fursuits. Do you have your own, or do you just make them for other people? So right. So all the ones <laughs> I've made have been for me personally right now. Okay. Uh, I am, I, I've just started with a, with a test commission for a friend of mine, uh, you know, something real small just to kind of test and see, you know, how well it goes. But right now everything has been personal works. All right. But you've been doing artwork for longer than the first yes. stuff, correct? Okay. Um, do you do digital or traditional or a mixture of both? Uh, so <clears throat> it, Primarily, I do digital work. Uh, okay. I, I do do traditional here and there. I don't have an aversion to it. It's just digital tends to be what I end up doing more. Uh, but primarily, I'm a digital artist. All right. Uh, what software do you use? I know there's quite a few popular ones. SAI, yeah. Sci, <laughs> I think, is like the biggest one. Right. So uh, I am a Mac user. All right. Uh, so I, I never got to get into paint tool side and I'm, I'm a little jealous of that. I'll be honest because it, it, everyone, you know, pr- sings its praises. And I think, man, I would love to try that if I could. Uh, but, uh, the programs I primarily use, uh, it's called affinity. A, I'll, I'll, it's, I'll have to spell later, but it's, uh, affinity. And it's like the, the Photoshop equivalent for Mac. Uh, I, I've, I've used Adobe products in the past, but I'm not a super great fan of uh, the subscription base that Adobe is moving towards. And uh, with, with you know with with my own personal situation, I can't I can't afford to make several small payments on something and never actually own it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so th- this was a, a great alternative. It's it's a single purchase. Does all the same things that uh, you know, the Adobe products use. Uh, so I use the, the Affinity Suite, and then I also use uh, just recently Procreate on my on my uh, iPad. Uh, that's been a program that's been uh, kind of making waves lately. Okay, so you do some tablet drawing as well, then. Yes. Now, do you have? Um, I'm guessing one of those like uh, Wacom tablets, or. Yes, I uh, have a uh, my my old dinosaur Wacom Intuos tablet. All right. I, Back in 2013, still works. Oh man, yeah, love that thing. <laughs> uh, so, so what is your um preferred art style? Do you like um just doing line art, cell shading, flat shading, or not flat shading, flat colors? What do you like? What's your favorite? So, uh, it it honestly, I'm it depends. I'm definitely a uh, you know use the right tool for the right job. Uh, kind of person so you know if if I'm drawing something super cartoony like I, I have a, a comic that I'm trying to kind of uh, you, you know take take flight and uh, that one is definitely you know flat color a little bit of cell shading but for more of my you know more detailed works it, it's a, a little more like digital painting uh, where you're you know uh, blending in colors with a hard brush, uh, very few lines. And then I've done, you know, your, your, your standard super toony uh, artwork with thick lines and soft shading and all that jazz. All right. Um, 
So do you have um, a favorite, like, visually pleasing? Which one is looks the best to you? Or does I, it, is I, it just all circumstantial? <laughs> no, um, I, I definitely lean more towards the, uh, the digital painting. Uh, okay. I, I always love how that comes out. It takes so much so much time to to get right and to refine but it is so worth it when it comes out i always love how it looks all right um so do you do commissions for artwork yes i do uh i i it's not a super huge uh following right now but it is growing okay that's good um how do you handle that do you take payment through paypal like every furry ever I'm guessing. <laughs> right. Like a, anyone who sells things on the internet ever, yes. Right. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I use PayPal. Uh, I have a, a PayPal setup, and then uh, I also recently got into uh, coffee. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Uh, coffee is more more, more for, for tips. I, I tend to have a, a pretty good set pricing that goes through PayPal. All right. Um, now, how do you queue up your commission list like is it first paid first worked on or is it like you buy a slot and whoever is in that slot gets worked on first even if they're not paid in full uh it it goes uh what's worked out best for me is uh whoever's first paid uh, or or first deposit down depending on if it's a you know a higher priced item uh is, is what gets worked on first uh, because that's uh, on there and a commitment. Okay. Do you have like a Trello or anything where people can keep track of like a list and what you're working on in your queue? Not uh, not yet. Um, I'm actually uh, in the midst of kind of updating my, my process. So I'm actually, you know, uh, have a website that's coming out in the next day or so. Uh, and that will include uh, a Trello. That way uh, people can kind of, track me live and see uh what what the what progress has been made okay that's just good. because you know i r- right now i'm just manually updating people as i go and sending the messages but you know i don't i don't want to risk forgetting to update someone and then you know come back and say well haven't heard from you in a little bit how's it going yeah. <laughs> and i've been working on it this whole time yep and it's nice you know for somebody who commissioned you to see how far down on the list they are, you know, oh, I got five exactly. people ahead of me. It's going to be a while, or oh, yeah, right. I'm next. I can expect something in a couple weeks, or yes, absolutely. That that it gives them an honest timetable yeah. too. Um, what is the turnaround time like from like to start to finish on a fairly not complicated but like simple right. piece? I tend to go uh, as a standard one month. That gives me uh, time to really dedicate time to uh, to that work and make sure that, you know, I'm not rushing or trying to, you know, cut any corners to make me a deadline. Uh, and then it also uh, factors in for, you know, should a, you know, should life happen and decide that, you know, you're not working on this today. <laughs> yep. Um. How did you set prices for yourself? Now, since you have like a graphic design job in the day, do you, mm-hmm. did you kind of set your prices based off of that, or is like furry pricing completely different from what you would do in your freelance? No, I, I try not to, uh, you know, set those apart too too much. Uh, it, it, it's different communities, obviously, and different kinds of work. My, my graphic design work tends to be uh, very involved uh, and takes a good deal longer to, to hash out. And there's a lot more communication between clients. Uh, so, yes, that part's a little different. Uh, but as far as pricing, this is, there's no, and this is always such a tricky answer for artists because uh, every artist has a little bit of a different opinion uh, and a different style of how to do it. Uh, but determining price, I, it's, it starts with, you have to really and brutally, honestly, uh, gauge the real world worth of, of your, of your work. Uh, and, and that's probably the hardest part, uh, figuring out just realistically how much, how much is, is, is your time worth? Yep. Uh, and that 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 and that 
typically takes the longest time. Uh, for me, you know, I've been doing this for a while, so I have a I can gauge pretty well just from my experience uh, what what my set rate is. But uh, I will go by uh, my my time. So I will do a flat rate based on how many hours that I know for sure that I work on this during the day. Uh, you know, because it's technically part time. You know, I, I have a a day job during the day that I go to. Uh, I'm able to realistically within that month gauge how many hours I'm going to work on this this set piece or the you know uh, this kind of piece uh, for this commission uh, within that that month time frame and then from there go you know well you know this many hours plus what my hourly rate is and that will come up with uh, the uh, the the set price of the work. Okay, uh, so you mentioned that you plan on about a month per commission, how many working hours would you say on average you spend on a commission? Uh, so working hours, oh, it, it used to be more, it's, it's been less though. That's why it actually used to not be as long as a month. It used to only be like a couple of weeks. Uh, but the, the, the job I'm in is a little more demanding of my time. So I only work on it maybe an hour or two a day. So that's why I've extended it. Uh, but typically uh, for, for a really basic project that can be anything anywhere from uh i want to say 12 to 20 hours okay. uh with within that month and then uh upwards to you know close to 50 within uh, a month for any you know for one of my more uh detailed and time intensive projects all right uh so i haven't actually had a chance to look at your artwork um what what is it you do with it? Is it like I'm trying to think of the word? Is it is it very what like scenic based and background heavy, or is it mostly just a character? Um, it so I I can do full on you know planned out compositions with you know a background character posing character in action, uh, and then I can do something as simple as you know character on a flat background or no background transparent. Uh, and uh, in a really simple pose or, you know, something like, like a reference sheet. Okay. Have you gotten into the um, the craze that is telegram stickers at all? I I am slowly getting into that as well. I, uh, I actually, oh, God, I live under a rock. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had no idea what telegram was until I became more active in the furry community. And I saw everyone talking about Telegram, and I thought, what the heck is that? It is, like, uh, the spot. Yes, I have discovered that is, like, the furry app. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Everyone is on Telegram. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm on uh, that furry amino app, and I, every other post has been, oh, I, you know, Telegram stickers, you know. Uh, and some someone had a friend tell me, yeah, it, it's it's insane. I've had a full blown conversation with someone else just through stickers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it's insane. Like I think that's probably about the only reason Telegram is so big is because of the stickers. Oh, I believe it. I would definitely believe that. And it's it lends itself so well to this community, especially that's you know it, we're such a visually based uh, community. I mean, it's it's like the perfect pairing yeah and uh getting into this telegram sticker niche maybe not a niche anymore but the section is very lucrative i know some people charge like 10 15 20 bucks a sticker and oh yeah then you and see I people have... that have like 20 or 30 stickers from the artist and it's like <laughs> yes. holy crap i've i've seen a couple artists that i follow who have started the the telegram uh line they'll actually offer full-on like telegram design lines where they will offer like a series of different emotions uh, and and responses and you can like you can either like make your own package or they sell specific packages and things for holidays and it's yeah it's uh that that's definitely a huge market yeah i think now and later is probably still one of the biggest ones for telegram oh, for stickers sure. i think yeah, uh, they're they're really big. It is an incredible, an incredible market. So, 
I know it seems like every artist I talk to faces this issue is that they end up drawing more artwork for other people and not being able to draw artwork for themselves. Do you have that issue as well? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, And it's a weird thing because you, you almost feel bad because you don't, you don't want to, what's a good way of saying this? You, you feel bad because you don't want to be upset that you're making art for someone else and not yourself because it almost feels a little selfish in some ways because this person loves your work and you want to make good work for them. Uh, but yes, it, it's, it's, a, it's a struggle finding time to make art for yourself. Uh, but what was I going to say? Um, yeah, it, and and unfortunately, you know, as as much of a struggle as it is, it is hugely important that you take time to make uh, personal projects for yourself. Yep. Have you then? Have you um, closed your commissions so you could, you know, do a personal piece or two in the meantime? I have. Yes. Uh, typically, typically, uh, it's whenever I have a big suit project coming up. You know, if, if I have a con that I know I've got to get ready for. Uh, and, and I need the time to work on the suit so that way I can wear it at the con. Uh, yes, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll clear out my queue, you know, f- finish everything up, and then I close commissions until uh, that project is done. That way I can, you know, focus all of my time on that. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I know it's really a sad thing. I have so many friends that are just like, I have to draw everybody else's artwork, but I don't get any for myself. Exactly. When I, I can draw it and they don't want to pay somebody else to draw it for them because oh, they can yes. draw it themselves. Oh, it, it's such a weird, yeah, I'm the exact same way. It, it's such a weird conundrum because you, you want to, uh, you, you, you want to support, uh, other artists and, uh, but, but you, you have this weird, it's almost a stigma with, with, with artists where, you, you see these cool things that you'd want to commission, but then you think, well, I could just draw that myself. Why don't I just do that? <laughs> yeah, nobody knows a character better than you do. Like... Yes, and, and if you're like me, you're like super picky about the design, and you don't want to put someone else through that, you know, making sure everything is just so. So you think, well, I'll just handle it. I can do it. I already know how to do it. Now, when you go to try out like a new art style do you normally ask somebody who commissioned you like hey is it all right if i try this new thing on you or is it you try it on a personal piece first and then release it to the public i will try it on a personal piece first uh and this is kind of the graphic designer in me uh if, if 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 ever you're you know approached with a commission uh, and they and they specifically, you know, they they've told you I want a you know full body this this and that. Uh, if you have ideas, you know, hey, I, I have this cool thing that I kind of want to try out. Um, there is always a risk of uh, it not not working at a hundred percent because you're still figuring that style out, or you know, there's a, maybe there's some hitches and you know in refining it that take a little longer. Uh, and that has the potential to hurt your relationship with that client because uh, they didn't ask you to do it. So I'm a, I'm a big uh, proponent of, you know, follow the directions you're given and give them the product that they want. And then after the fact, you know, let them know, hey, I kind of had this other idea. Do you mind if I try this out on something separate? And like 80% of the time, they're totally fine with it. Okay. I had another question, but I don't know where it went. <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, do you have any like do's and don'ts for, or any tips for people that do commission, for people that commission artists? Like, don't ask an artist to do this, or like do this because it helps the artist out. Um, for people who are commissioning an artist, uh, I would. My, my, my biggest do would be do give us as many details as possible. Like don't feel like you're overloading us with information uh, because the, the more detailed, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, a description or 
a reference or a you know a whole folder of photos of of art that you've commissioned from other people uh don't be afraid to give all of that to us whenever you're commissioning uh because that it takes out so much of the guesswork when you're trying to uh you know map everything out and even if it's something as simple as you know i want them you know giving the thumbs up like uh that's that, that that's that's huge uh, as many details as possible, absolutely. Uh, as far as don'ts, oh, I don't. I mean, I guess a, I guess kind of a no-brainer would be uh, don't don't get upset if we ask for payment. <laughs> right. Um, but I, but I feel like that's that, that's such a a unique case these days. You know, where the community at large does a pretty good job of. Uh, educating on that point yeah uh, uh one that i just saw lately on i think it was twitter was don't ask an artist to draw in somebody else's style just yes. commission that person have you had that um, like issue with people before uh i have not but i had a a friend of mine who has had that asked of her and it's such an awkward thing uh to uh to, to have to turn down because it, usually the people who are asking that don't understand why you won't do it. Right. Uh, and and th- this happens in my graphic design work. You'll have someone say, you know, I, I want a logo and I want it to look like, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Nike swoosh or, or, you know, something like that. And it's hard to explain to them why you can't just do that. You know that it's it's someone else's property, it's someone else's style, uh, and it's you know it's not only unethical, but it can be illegal in in uh, in some some circumstances. Yeah, uh, I, w- I will say one thing that I have been asked before that I've had to uh, politely turn down was I had someone commission me uh, wanting me to edit uh, a piece that they had commissioned from someone else. Uh, like they, they, they had commissioned a, a full body and sent it to me and said, Hey, can you just change the color on this? Or can you uh, change something on, on the, the clothing or something like that? And I had to tell them, no, that's, that's somebody else's work. I, I, I can redraw you something, you know, with those specifications, but I can't just, you know, uh, go through and rip apart someone else's work. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so as artist, what is your opinion of like um, tracing or heavy reference of somebody else's work? Oh, this is, I, I knew this topic was coming up. It comes up everywhere. <laughs> I ask because uh, my girlfriend just had a huge issue with it recently. Somebody actually tried uh, tracing her character reference sheet and then co- tri- they tried to commission a suit of it. Oh my goodness. Yes. And, no, yeah. uh I obviously a bottom line is don't trace. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, it it gets tra- tracing is it is tricky once you get into the gray area because I mean obviously in in your girlfriend's uh, uh, situation that that was you know pretty black and white like no they traced over her reference and wanted to get a suit made of it like that's that's obviously you know no bueno. Mm-hmm. Uh. But I, I've seen cases where people, uh, you know, either, either a, a young kid or a starting artist had uh, traced over, like, some manga artwork and was just doing it to kind of practice and uh, get get a feel for how to use their tablet or something like that. Uh, but kind of where they kind of slipped up was they didn't explain this initially and they just said, Oh, drew this thing looks pretty cool. And, uh, you know, with <laughs> the, you know, true, true to form on the internet with, within minutes had five or six people jumping down their throat going, you, you didn't draw this and what's the matter with you. You stole that. And it became a whole big thing. And right. Uh, but you know, you know, but bottom line is yes, I, I, don't don't trace i am a firm believer you know it's someone else's work uh and then heavy referencing is also a little trickier just because 
you know, where, where, where do you draw the line? Uh, my, my personal standpoint is if you can put the two next to each other, uh, you know, your work and the work you've referenced, and if you put them on top of each other and you can pretty much match them up, then you need to go back and, you know, reassess your own drawing and, you know, add a little bit of your own flair to it. So that way you can set it apart from the place you referenced. Right. Because then at that point, it's like lines free tracing pretty much. Yes, exactly. So that's kind of my, my two cents on that. Mm -hmm. I try to be a little lax with it just because I have seen some cases where people get just wildly upset, like more upset than they probably should be. Uh, it's, it's the internet. It's going to happen. But, you know. But, so, to get into this a little more, I guess, not trying to beat a dead horse, but... No, of course not. Um, if you're trying to copy, like, a specific pose, how do you, like, if you need a specific pose for something but you don't know how to draw that pose, is it then acceptable to go online and find a piece of artwork and kind of go off of that? A piece of artwork, no. Uh... There are, if photo references are your friend. Okay. Uh, there is an actual website that I use, uh, and, and I can I can provide the link to it later. It's I try to share it with any artist who doesn't know about it, but it's actually a site that's used for uh, like 3D artists who make like 3D models for games and movies and all that. Uh, but it's this huge stockpile of every pose imaginable for every gender body type they even have you know four-legged animals uh and it's and it's just specifically uh different body types different body parts different you know genders at different age groups so that way whenever someone is making that model they can you know uh have everything proportionally sized but it is a huge huge resource for 2d artists as well especially with some kind of complicated pose like uh, I've struggled with uh, drawing feet from behind, and they have pictures for that. It's insane. Okay. But uh, to 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 answer your question a little, a little more clearly, uh, no, uh, I don't look for someone else's artwork, even if it's a tricky pose. Uh, find sp find some kind of photo reference because you are more than welcome to uh, you know ref off of. Uh, photos that are free to use okay um so i have to ask because furries and it, yes there's always two meanings to everything when you said drawing feet from the back was that like a digigrade foot or like a plantigrade foot both <laughs> both okay both i for, for some reason I, that's just how my brain works i have a hard time just drawing things from behind okay and maybe that's just because i haven't done a whole lot of it but uh those references help for that do you find digigrade more difficult to draw than planty by chance? Just out of curiosity. I, I did when I was first kind of drawing digi, uh, and over time I've been drawing more and more of it. You know, I have a a, a a comic that I'm kind of working on off to the side that features primarily digigrade animals. So I've kind of figured out. Uh, you know the the proportions and everything but yes originally yes i t absolutely found digi harder to draw okay you have that that weird uh that weird rear leg that looks like a circle with a peg on it <laughs> yeah that that weird like out of 30 degree angle at the knee yeah and and it, it, everything just like fizzles out yep. and just stops being a leg um so kind of a segue into the next portion. Uh, fursuits. Do you prefer like digigrade fursuits or plantigrade fursuits? So that's actually funny because, uh, yes, I've, I've, I actually have only done one suit that's plantigrade and everything else has been digigrade. Okay. And it's kind of a backwards way to do it because it is a little more complicated than just, you know, using plantigrade going off of your dummy. Yeah. But like, for some reason, I like to do everything the hard way first, and I've done, like, all digigrade suits. <laughs> so how many have you made, then, if you have more? Uh, well, let me see if I can count that off. I haven't made... I've only made... Let's see. 
three. Working on my fourth one right now. Fourth one. Okay. Are they all full suits or were some of them partials? Uh, the the very first one I made was like a mini partial. Uh, it was just a, a head, feet, hands, uh, and, and a tail. And then uh, I upgraded that one to a three-quarter suit where it was full-on digi-legs on, like, suspenders. Okay. Uh, and then I, I've i made two full suits out of that. Everything else has been pretty much either a three-quarters or a mini-partial. All right. Uh, how do you do the padding in your digi-grade? Do you use pillows or do you use uh, the foam? What's your uh, method of stuffing? So I much prefer to use uh pillows that that i've actually sewn myself you know sewn to the shape of whatever gap yeah. i'm filling uh i but yes i'd much prefer using pillows they're one they're they're squishier so you know it's a little easier to move around in uh and they're they ventilate a little better okay uh, than, than foam does do you make them removable or do you sew them right in no, uh, they're definitely removable. It's much okay. easier to wash that way. Yep, yep. Um, so are all of these characters your own? Like, are they all your own OCs then that you've made? Uh, two of them were. Two of them, uh, okay. Two, one is my, my main fursona, Zaffir. Uh, the one that I'm working on right now is kind of my, my alternate fursona. And then the other two were uh, fan, you know, uh, fan works. The... Uh, probably the most complicated one the, the most recent one i did was uh mothra from the godzilla movies okay uh and then i did like the a super mini partial i did for uh an event that i was helping out with as a harry potter event so i went as a hermione granger as a the uh cat oh that's cool a little yeah. bit of cosplay there yeah a little, a little more on the cosplay side for that one uh, so what species is Zephyr? I have to ask. <laughs> uh, Zephyr is, a, she's a, an original species of mine called a tor. And the best way that I can uh, describe it, or you know, the easiest way I can describe it is she's kind of a, like a, a lion, dragon, dog, beastly creature. Uh, she's, uh, very, very very simple color palette she's actually she's all gray with with brown hair but yeah uh i kind of loosely based her off i'm, I'm a big monster movie kaiju person so i kind of based her off of like a a fluffier playful kaiju okay interesting <laughs> yeah. uh so are you the only one with that species or did you open it up to like everybody open species no. make it if you want right i i i I, I still kind of battle with that here and there. It's a little bit trickier just because the tour uh, is, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the only one with it. Uh, the tour is technically a species from a book that a friend and my a friend of mine uh, and I write together. Um, so I don't, I didn't hundred percent feel comfortable making it an anthro species just because it's technically not an anthro species in that, in that book. Uh, but it's something that's very near and dear to me. So I, you know, and it fit with kind of my, my own personality. Uh, so it's, I'm still playing around with it. I may make like a separate version of tours uh, as anthros. Cause I have had people, you know, tell me, Oh, that, that looks so cool. Like I kind of want to make one. So uh, I'm, I'm still working with it. I, I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with just like, making it open just because i'm technically not the only one who owns it okay all right yeah i i know a little bit about the whole species thing because soul my character is a wispin and that was a species made up by one of my friends and that has just been a huge mess and a pain in her butt oh i bet month or any, so anytime you make an original species uh it just it opens the, the, the floodgates you it, you either get lucky and you it really doesn't catch a lot of traction especially if you don't want it to uh or you you know become the next dutch angel dragon yeah well she wanted it to catch traction so she opened it up to be an open species and she made free to use bases that she posted online and everything mm -hmm. but then 
uh, what ended up happening is there were kids that didn't know how to use the free-to-use base, so they would just trace her artwork and then do that. And then when they actually made their character, they weren't following the rules and guidelines, so she removed everything and made it a closed species again. Yeah, you know, there's there's always going to be a rule breaker. There's yeah. always going to be someone finding that that loop in the system. Uh, so, so when you do your sewing, do you hand sew or machine? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, primarily, I machine sew just because it's it's so much faster. <laughs> um, but I will hand sew for small details, uh, just because it's a little more precise and. Uh, the as fast as the machine is once you start getting to really small details like the the machine just does not know how to handle it yep um for super intricate things like stripes or uh not polka dots but like freckle markings kind of on a face do you airbrush those or do you hand sew those in or have you not like done those yet uh, no, I've, I've done a little bit of that. Uh, with the, the character I'm making right now, she has some uh, some thin markings around her eyes. Uh, so that's been hand-sewn. I prefer to do as much sewing as possible. I actually don't have a whole lot of experience with airbrushing, but I do know that it is it, it makes your life so much harder when you have to go and actually clean your suit. Yep, because it does uh, because wear off. Yeah, airbrushing it it's beautiful. Like I love how airbrushing looks, but it it's it doesn't lend well to, you know, a permanent lasting use, especially when you need to clean it like you have to just like jit, like just breathe on it basically and maybe you'll you'll save a little airbrushing. Yeah, you're it's one of those things that you're probably going to want to touch up a few times a year, I would imagine. Right, and if if you're like me and you're in suit and you run around like crazy, you know, you get super sweaty. Like, you you want to just dunk it in and scrub it all out. Right. And airbrushing kind of prevents that. Yeah. Um. So, where do you get your materials from? Do you have like a local Joanne Fabrics or Michaels that you go to, or do you shop online? For my fur, I will shop online. Uh, Joanne, every now and then, will have, uh, you know, a really good uh, quality fur. It's, you know, it, it's rare. It's, you know, yep. it's, but uh, for for fur, I will shop online. But for most other things, I will either go over to Joanne's, uh, Hobby Lobby is what we have down here also, um, or uh, Lowe's, the hardware store. Okay. Uh, what do you get at Lowe's? I'm curious. <laughs> uh, Lowe's, I get uh, uh, clear coats from there. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I I seal all of my eyes with with a clear coat. It keeps it from chipping because uh, for for some reason I think it's just how it's happened. I uh, I will actually spray paint the uh, the the plastic that that you know your your eye sits on yep. because I like it to be either you know kind of an off white or a yellow. Uh, it's just that's how the last couple of characters I've done have been. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll get spray paints and clear coats from Lowe's as well as any little odds and ends like hinges. Have you done resin bases or only foam so far? Only foam. Uh, oh, the, I'm uh, so sorry about that. Oh no, it's fine. Oh. Uh, the, uh, the college classmate that I mentioned, uh, earlier on who kind of is, is a suit maker, uh, she actually is a resin uh head maker and she does really beautiful castings uh and it was something that i was kind of interested in trying out but it's it's such a process and you need a lot of materials and a good space to do it in uh because it's you know you, you have fumes it makes you know it's kind of kind of messy uh so it's not something that i've just physically had an area to do in yet yeah uh, so right now primarily foam Okay, I wasn't sure like if you had bought your own base. I I had bought a resin canine base and worked on that, and I will say I prefer foam. Better. <laughs> yeah, I've I've worked with just resin by itself uh, okay. in in college, and uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it. It's uh, you know it it looks beautiful when when you do it correctly, but if you're like me and you're kind of learning as you go, uh, it's not very forgiving. <laughs> No, it it is definitely not. And being able to like pin the fur onto the 
base. Oh, yeah, you can't do that with resin. No. <laughs> Not unless you keep that up, yeah. Um, yeah. So what material do you use for the feet? I know, I think it's EVA foam is a popular one for, like, the uh, soles of the feet. Right. Is that so, what you uh, I, a little bit, uh, like, if there is a specific color that I'm trying to get, like with uh, with my my Mothra suit, you know, she has you know yellow bird feet, so I, I used uh, just regular uh, EVA yellow foam, like from like a kid's play mat for that. Um, but I like to use, especially if it's going to be outside, I like to use closer uh, uh, to a, like a rubber mat rather than foam, just because uh, rubber will last longer on hot asphalt than foam will. So right, yeah, right. Uh, foam is a really good. Uh, it, it's it's very versatile. It's very cheap as well. Rubber is actually is definitely more expensive uh, yep. to get a hold of, and it's a little more unwieldy to cut. So uh, I can I absolutely understand why that's the more popular one. Yep. It's a Me, bit heavier on the feet too. Yes, it is. Uh, so you know me and then me being me. Uh, I I also live out in an area where uh, it's just hot all the time. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I, I I like something that's that's going to uh, be a little more weather resistant. Yeah. Um. So how do you make your feet as far as um slipping? Do you slip into a shoe or do you make it so that you wear a shoe and you slide into the foot? I, I prefer to have a shoe because that provides a good base. Uh, uh, your, you know, your your foot is used to sliding into a shoe every single day, so uh, it it's it's a good a good base, and then uh, I find it gives you a little more stability. Uh, I feel like when when you're wearing uh, a foam foot that just has a carving out for your foot, it can feel a little funky. You kind of uh, uh, at least to me, it, it did when I was first trying it out. Um, it kind of felt like I was wearing uh, slippers and wearing slippers outside uh, is a little weird to me. So I prefer to have a shoe and it, it weirdly kind of tricks me into thinking, Oh yeah, I just slipped on a really big shoe and I'm just going to go out and walk. Yep. Big old clown shoe. Yeah. <laughs> now do you have, are all of your suits in like a toony fashion or do you have like a realistic or semi-realistic looking one? Uh, they're, they're typically toony. Uh, obviously Mothra is the only one that isn't super toony because I'm, you know, just basing it off of the actual puppet that's used in the movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, so she's the only one that doesn't look super cartoony, but otherwise, yes, they're, they're pretty much toony. I, I personally ha like how they look and, uh, I also like being able to see, <laughs> uh, I know with realistic suits, your vision is hampered, uh, even more because you're just, you're going through tear duct vision. Yeah. Um, do you prefer the looks of Toonie over realistic, or doesn't that matter? Um, I I think it depends on on the character you're going for. Uh, if you know, I have a, a an eventual suit project. I have no idea when I would be able to do this because it's going to be massive. But uh, that one would lend itself better to a more realistic look. Uh, but I guess it depends on the personality of your character. Also, I tend to find a super goofy you know, character looks better or not, not better, but it looks a little more accurate when it's in a cartoonish, uh, set a style. But yep. if it's, if your character is, you know, a little more aloof or a little more, you know, stately and prim and proper and doesn't, uh, subject itself to, you know, the, the, the follies of youth, then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, something a little more realistic would, would, you know, kind of exude that a little better. Right. And, Part of it, too, might be what you plan on doing with it. Like, my resin head that I have for my fox character, mm -hmm. I have found that he often terrifies kids just because yes, he looks realistic. Huge. Kids are so scared of realistic suits. I have actually seen that in action. Uh, I... Oh... I keep going back to Mothra. I actually, actually made a kid apparently pee himself oh, no. <laughs> at a con wearing Mothra. The poor guy. <laughs> uh, but it's because you know, she's this big, gigantic bug and yeah. very accurate looking. 
so yeah, they, they, they don't like realistic suits. They're definitely more open to uh, kid uh, to tunies. Yep, yep. The cute, fluffy, giant eyes. Yeah, and just I'm a playful little dog. Uh, what is your, um, preferred method of making a head? I know there's quite a few different ones. There's like the bucket head, then there's, uh, I think a mask, then there's, uh, like two others that I know of. Right. So I, I didn't start out with the bucket just because I wasn't a fan of just outwardly just looking at videos, how it looked and how, uh, how easily you can, you know, mess that up to, for lack of a better word. Uh, so I, I, and I actually, I call it the hockey mask. I followed uh, Tiny One Badger's uh, tutorials uh, on YouTube, and she does, it's, it's kind of like it sits on top of your head, and then it comes over the front, it looks like a hockey mask. And that's, that's the base that you go off of. And I found that it has a much rounder shape to it, and it sits on your head, a little more nicely. I know with the bucket, if you make the bucket too long, it kind of sits on your shoulders. It makes you look like you don't have a neck. Uh, so I, I definitely prefer uh, that, that hockey mask uh, base. Do you wear glasses? Uh, Is that something you have to work around? No, thankfully not. Uh, I thankfully don't wear glasses or contacts or anything like that. Uh, but I do know that uh, people who do wear glasses, you like I, I feel for y'all that your life got so much harder trying to work around that. Yeah. Uh, especially, yeah, especially with with how muggy it gets inside a suit head. Yep. Yeah, you gotta have very good ventilation. And extremely good ventilation. Yes. Speaking of, have you messed with putting like a fan or anything in your heads at all? Yes. Uh, in. It, it, it didn't work as well for, for Mothra, but she was supposed to have a fan. Uh, but in the suit that I'm making right now, uh, yes, I do have a, a, a fan that I'm working into uh, her nose. So that way I can have ventilation for that. But I love how it feels. Okay. It's uh, it's such a godsend. It's, but, like, I have, I have a really good heat tolerance just because that's who I am. So I, I typically, I don't burn out in suit very fast. Uh, and I've been doing it without a fan. But I put in the fan, and it's, it's such a game changer. And um, the uh, the electrical work. Electrical work is a little bit tricky, uh, especially if you don't have any experience with it going into it. But uh, it's not, not too bad. It's just a matter of, like, really making sure that uh, you've got everything covered and everything waterproofed. All right, yeah. Um... I can't think of anything else as far as fursuit. Oh, wait, one more topic here. Mm-hmm. Or not topic, but subtopic, whatever. Um, <laughs> do you eventually plan on doing commissions, or do you want to stick to more personal work? No, uh, definitely commission. You know, I would love, I would love to, uh, uh, you know, take take this suit making on the road with me. Uh, it's something that I'm really, really enjoy doing, uh, and it's. Sewing has always been uh, kind of a, a, a personal art for me. I've, I've always loved doing it uh, ever since I was a kid. Uh, so being able to do more of that is always nice. And yeah, again, on, on top of that, like I just I've I've started it out of curiosity, and I'm finding that I really enjoy it, and uh, I'm getting better at it with each suit I make. I'm doing a, a test commission right now uh, for a friend of mine. I'm making a head for him. And we're gonna see how how that rolls. I've never measured for anyone else beside myself because I, you know, when, when you when you when you have your own measurements, you can kind of eyeball it. And you can you have yourself there to try it on and make sure everything fits, and you can fix it from there. Yeah. But uh, with someone else, especially if they're long distance, that becomes a little trickier. So uh, my friend was gracious enough to let me uh, kind of use him as a guinea pig, and I have a couple other friends who are going to uh, send me like some duct tape dummies of themselves just so I can make some tester suits with different body types. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I would love to do this. Uh, add this as a commission uh, and uh, you know, hopefully down the road, make this you know, a full-time gig, you know, fingers crossed. All right. Yeah. Hopefully you get there. Um, but for now you do uh, freelance graphic design. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Uh, yeah. So the graphic design side of my life, it's, you know, not, not furry related. Um, but I do anything from, I've, I have, a illustrated for children's books for, you know, independent people you know, who have a book that they need illustrations for. Uh, I've created uh, logos for uh, private businesses. Uh, I think that the most involved thing I've done uh, was create some advertising and branding collateral for a photographer's uh, upcoming show that they were doing. Uh, so it's, you know, and any anything from you know designing a logo to just making a quick flyer for an event for somebody. Okay. Uh, out of the three things that you do—the graphic design, the furry artwork, and the fur suits—which one is your favorite? I would definitely say that the fur suiting uh, okay. is is my favorite. You know, the crafting the fur suit. I'm I'm definitely a very visual person. I like to work with my hands. So, uh, you know, I I, I love graphic design i love drawing i've been doing drawing the longest out of all three of those uh but being able to just chill and you know physically put together you know a a a real life you know creature and bring that to life is that's definitely my favorite yep um so on the graphic design do you how closely do you have to work with the customer? Is it something like you're in contact with them, you know, several times a day going over, does this look okay? What needs to be changed? It honestly depends on the client. Uh, I like to be as communicative as possible just because that, that tends to put, uh, you know, it puts your client at ease knowing that, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly thinking about this work that they've given you. You're paying it the, the proper attention it needs. Uh, some clients are fine with, you know, a, a daily update or even an update after a couple of days if you're working on something pretty solidly. And some clients, you know, need a little more attention and uh, react better to being updated maybe a couple times a day, even if it's something as simple as, hey, you know, uh, here's an additional sketch that I made for this logo, or here's a couple choices on colors. What do you think of this? Uh, some like to be more involved. Some are fine with you just taking the wheel and, you know, giving them the result at the end. So do you, do you like it when they give you more details and they're like, this is exactly what I want? Or do you prefer the kind of artistic liberties where this is my idea, but do a, do with it what you will? I definitely prefer when someone tells me exactly what they want. Uh, just because nine times out of ten, whenever someone tells you, oh, this is kind of the idea we want, you just go with it. Usually what you come up with is not actually what they want. Okay. Um, and, and, and that's just the nature of the beast and that's where communication comes in quite a bit. Um, but yes, the, the more detail someone gives me, the better I feel because it, again, you're not having to guess because when, usually when someone says, Oh, do what you want, they tip, they usually have an idea of what they want, but for one reason or another, they're, they're not, you know, able to exactly voice what they want. They don't know how to. They can't really put their finger on what they want, but they'll know it when they see it. Uh, and that's where it, bec- you know, a, a lot of the, the guesswork comes in and uh, the project becomes a little longer because you're going back and forth with, well, I actually kind of liked this look. Uh, let me send this to you now. That kind of thing. Okay. Um, that's all I've got if you want to, unless you want to add anything else. No, uh, I, like, like I said, I'm... Uh... I have a, a website coming up in the next day or so. I uh, am kind of releasing my official studio, Scratchpaw Studio, uh, that's going to have all of my digital offerings and then eventually my suit offerings as well. I, uh, I'm probably going to start out with uh, someone really brought up a really good idea to offer just some refurbishment uh, services just to kind of get into uh, the habit of working with uh, other people's suits. Uh, you know, doing fixes and things like that. So that's kind of where I'm going to start for now. And just uh, I'll provide some links, obviously. All right. Yeah. If you want to uh, shoot me some links to that, I can put them in the show notes when I get it posted. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been a lovely evening. Yeah, no problem. It was great having you. Thanks for showing up and thank you everybody for listening. Thank you.